welcome to episode 19 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Following last Friday's Omni Shambles in the Super Cup, where the European champions were made to look, well, a bit rubbish by Falcao, a man previously only known for his worldwide hit, Rock Me, Rock Me Amadeus, one for the teenagers there. Prime Minister Di Matteo finishes reshuffle by sending Michael Essien, Yossi Benayoun and Gael Kakuta out on loan, followed later by the sale of body art and amateur hairdressing fanatic Raul Morelos to Fenerbahce in Turkey. But by some strange quirk of fate, the only survivor of the cull who was expected to depart was Florent Maluda, which based on last season's form makes him a lucky little Jeremy Hunt, if we're drawing reshuffle parallels, albeit he is now Minister Without Champions League Portfolio. Away from poorly conceived and hastily written faux satire, the Premier League weekend without Chelsea proved a mixed bag, with the bright spots provided by the ongoing good work of former Cabinet members Rogers and V.S. Boas. Keep up the good work, chaps, and try not to be reshuffled for a couple of seasons yet. Joining me, Dare Kaiser, or JD as I'm otherwise known, are Mark25, who is Mark. Hello. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. Rosa Jack, who is Tony. Good evening. We start with a look at Friday night's game in Monaco. Mark takes centre stage here as he travelled to the game, so we'd like to hear your thoughts on the day, your journey, the atmosphere, and I suppose the game. Mark, over to you. Thanks very much. It was sort of post-Munich, um, which was a fantastic away trip, that I just couldn't resist taking the first opportunity to go on another away trip, which is the only reason that I went to the European Super Cup. And overall, it was a very enjoyable trip, despite the result. Um, you know, Nice is very convenient to fly to. Mm. Uh, all of the hotels in Monaco were fully booked, which is no surprise. So we had to stay in uh, place two stops down the train line in Menton. Um, so we booked in there and then got the train back to Monaco to spend the evening um, and have dinner. And there was a surprising lack of places to eat, actually. And all the places were alcohol-free for the evening. Mm. They sort of turned the whole of Monaco into an alcohol-free zone. Good grief. I was quite looking forward to a glass of red with my steak. But anyway, so we all turned up sober to um, Stade Louis, um, which is an interesting venue, which doesn't really look like a football stadium. And, it's a strange-looking um, beast, isn't it, every time I see strange. it? Yeah. yeah, it's the last year they're going to play the... Um, Super Cup there actually they're going to start going around Europe from now on and I think Monaco are moving out to a new purpose built stadium somewhere uh, Okay. Um, but after the Champions League final where I bought the most expensive seats and actually was stuck somewhere up in the gods I vowed never to buy the most expensive seats on an away trip again <laughs> so I went for the second price level which I think was about £30-£35 and by some fluke we ended up in the VIP seats <laughs> so just behind the dugouts are all the VIP seats with um, cushions. And then we were in the next um, seat adjacent to the VIP seats. So as, as we were sort of standing there before kickoff, um, my son was rubbing shoulders with Michelle Platini and Roy Hodgson. I was down by the touchline waving at Michael Ballack, telling him to come over and have his photograph taken. And after five minutes of negotiation, he popped over and broke away from his... Uh, broadcasting duties to German TV and we shook hands with him and I took a photo. Excellent work, well done. And then we, we sat down in our seat which was sort of six rows behind the dugout and in walks Christine Bleakley with Frank Senior. Well, I hope she gets on with her father-in-law because she goes to every away game with him so um, <laughs> I hope they have a good relationship. Yeah, no, indeed. And then with about one minute to go um, all the Chelsea players who weren't playing came in through a gate by the running track 
and sat down just in front of us. And it was John Terry, Paolo Ferreira, uh, and a few other blokes. Excellent. Um, Welcome to the cheap seats. Which was fantastic. So at half time, my son had a photo arm in arm with John Terry. We all shook hands and had a little chat. Um, so despite the fact that the performance was absolutely atrocious, uh, overall it was a fantastic evening because we were sort of um, rubbing shoulders with all the big knobs the great in the European good. football, including that bald bloke who's always seen just five or six paces behind Platini. Never quite sure what he does, but he's always at the um, Champions League door type of ceremonies. You know the one I mean. Another UEFA mm-hmm. hanger-on, I've no doubt. And I'd, well, you know, I've, I've never sat in such luxury seats, and I don't know if you chaps have. I mean, to go out to the toilet at half-time, I needed a special token to allow me back in because they were the <laughs> VIP toilets. Has anyone else sat in v- VIP to- gone to VIP toilets at a football game? No, oh, no, no, no. This is um, you are you are the man for the inner sanctum. After are we recall, and, and obviously seat? drinking heavily at uh, college meant that I, anthropology was always the first lecture on a Monday morning. And I missed that, and obviously missed out that uh, greeting someone in Monaco is done by rubbing shoulders with them. That was something <laughs> that completely passed me by. There you go. <laughs> we um, we also we also recall Mark that last season you um, I, I believe you rubbed shoulders preferably with um, with Bruce Buck as well. So you are Bruce Buck, and at the Champions League final with Didier Drogba's family. So <sighs> I am now very well connected. You are, you are a shoulder rubber par excellence. Indeed, so. you are a man on the inside. So if, if You've got little leather patches on your shoulders where you sort of <laughs> coats are worn down by the amount Not of really, because... Um, you didn't have your photograph taken with the Man United team a couple of years ago, did you? No. <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> no, it's a while since I've been to Surrey. Packaging. But one interesting fact was that... Um, well... The Atletico supporters were very different from the Chelsea supporters. They were all youngish, enthusiastic, wearing shirts, scarves and flags and various paraphernalia. And most of the Chelsea supporters were fat old blokes, just there for a night out, basically, I think, mm. and to have a meal. And if you look up the Atletico end, it was full. Mm. So that was, yeah. Um, yeah. That was about 9,000 out of the 8,000 capacity. The Chelsea end was just over 4,000, and it was half empty. And I took a photo of each end, Yeah. and the contrast was quite significant. And really, I think that summed up the whole evening, that the effort of the Chelsea team and their supporters was half-hearted, and the effort of Atletico was full-on, and you know they, they were determined to win the game. Mm. It's a tricky mm. one, because I remember a guy sort of mentioning this, and... Um, elsewhere can't remember exactly where but um it's ultimately sort of a, a bit of a road trip for them they haven't got to sort of include flights and probably not hotels and all that kind of thing because they can pretty much jump on the train and um I, I think it's i think it's kind of two train journeys for the madridites um it's quite a long way though i mean we met up with some just a track, yeah. barcelona and it was a seven hour train journey from barcelona well madrid's got to be at least three or four beyond that i would have thought so that's 10 hours on the train so it's not it's not like they just pop down the metropolitan line six stops to um <laughs> you know they had to make an effort yeah no very true very true um I, I mean i suppose we should um we should hear your thoughts on the game itself um albeit that what i saw it was was a fairly dismal performance with kind of various people I, ivanovic as far as i saw had an absolute shocker um and many of the others 
pretty much in the same boat. And the only the only person I saw getting any real sort of credit out of it was um, was Mikel. Um, but I'd I be interested. No, um, I mean it was um, interested to hear what you. What I mean you the team looked a bit shell shocked actually, and and as fans sitting on the side, we were all shell shocked, and we uh, by the end of it, we were just laughing. Um, mm. But fortunately, being you know next to all the players and everything, at least there was a, an upside to the evening. But the uh, space when they counterattacked was quite unbelievable. The midfield just disappeared, mm. and mm. they were just running three forwards against three backs, and it all it just became one on one every time that they broke. And I thought Mikel wasn't doing the holding role. Mm. Uh, Luis was doing his fancy Dan act, where he was trying various flicks and silly touches when he should have just been kicking the ball out mm. um, Ivanovic couldn't defend and um, the whole defensive side of the team was farcical and, and, and going forward our, our only avenue of attack was to pass it out to Ivanovic to try and cross the ball into the centre and Torres is not a header of the ball like Drogba mm. and occasionally uh, Torres went out wide and he was crossing it in and he forgot that actually by crossing it in he wasn't in the centre and therefore there was no one there I mean the whole thing front and back was just um, a bit of a shambles a complete shambles well as, as far as I could tell the um, they they went to sort of great efforts to um, to shut down Hazard fairly quickly um, and the same with Matter as well the kind of our, our only real outlets um, were, were squashed fairly quickly as far as I could see, um, they, but they, I mean, they, they squashed us pretty much all over the park. Um, I watched the game; it was um, uh, pretty much the first game I've watched in entirety live. And um, I think you could tell after seven or eight minutes that um, they 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 wanted the game more. There's no doubt about that. They were there. There seemed to be a bit of a pre-season friendly um, attitude permeating through the screen from. You know, from from what I could see with the Chelsea players, mm. um, and he said, you know, Ivanovic did have a stinker. Ashley Cole had an absolute rotter of a game as well, and and yeah, uh, and and th- there was frustration digging in. I think by the time they realised they were in a real game, it was too late. You know, they were they were overwhelmed by it. And Mark made the point there. I mean, I think Atletico Madrid were tearing through us um, mm. there was this Lampard Mikel conundrum but neither seemed to know whether one was running forward and the other one was running back and who was holding what and where and when and uh, I think poor old Gary Cahill was left utterly ragged by the fact that he was the only one who seemed to show any now I think is the right word I'm looking for so any sort of intelligence you know mm. uh, uh, in, it, when we were on the back foot and Peter Cech as well I thought he, you know there was a uh, you know, I'm not blaming him for all the goals, but he seems to be out of position for at least two for me. Um, right, and it was—I'll say shambolic, but I would say it was—it it was almost like dressed down Friday. <laughs> you know, it just seems to have the air of well, we're going to go into work today, and no one really cares what we wear or how we do it or what we look like, and mm. um, and, and it's—you know—it just seems to it almost like a Carling Cup game. It's almost that kind of. Attitude to me, and uh, well, I mean, a bit it, you know, it's, it's, you know. it's a trophy that is there to win. You know, yeah. we all know that, but quite how 
how serious it's taken is anyone's guess. But well, I think we were up I mean, they, seven trophies, aren't we, this season? If you include the Community Shield. Is that all? Um, and, we've you know, we've so blown that, two already. Yeah, so. so that's two down and only five to go. But one would hope that come the World Club Championship in December that, um, that, that the players take that a tad more seriously because a trophy is a trophy. And, and I, I'm, Although, I th- isn't there a... a, a a, a kind of precedent for the this where the former UEFA Cup and now Europa champions um, tend to pin a lot more on it, almost as if it's a you know we we're not the second rate competition winners or whatever. Um, I think there's yeah. a bit of a track record around this as well. You know that they. I do, yeah, I think they they have a. I'll have a, a, a bit of a quick gander back and, um, and and see what the what the precedent is, but um, but I, I think. You know, it's. I don't think it's. It's sort of you know alarm bell stuff just yet. Um, it was. It was certainly a poor performance. But it, it's also you. You can kind of never underestimate those games where you know opposition striker has a phenomenal game and just tears you to pieces. Pieces and there's very little you can do about it. And, and Falcao was clearly in that kind of mood. I think he got a hat trick um, about two three days before in their league game, and it was clearly just on fire. And I. I the only thing, the thing I likened it to when I was talking to a mate was um, re- the original Ronaldo when um, Real Madrid played United at Old Trafford a few years ago, probably '99, I think, um, the year after United won it. Um, and United were by no means bad, but he was just absolutely untouchable that night. He scored a hat trick and you know got a standing ovation from the entire ground because he was just too good. Um, so it's difficult to know whether we're we're talking about. That kind of context, or whether, or whether there is, sort of, you know, a genuine concern over the performance. But the, the only thing I'd say, John, is that looking at it, one, if you say they treat it as a pre-season game, we have shipped an enormous amount of goals in pre-season friendlies. So, you know, to me, that that might suggest that there there are certain problems with the team shape and the way they defend. Um, which might become more obvious as, as as we start getting, you know, we're on the lower slopes of the season as the grind starts. It might it might start to to, to cause a problem. Um, I think traditionally in Europe, uh, certainly not so much in the Premier League, we've struggled against good pressing teams. Um, they yeah. they do seem to come out of Portugal and Spain. Uh, and it reminded me watching that a bit of, of Bill Bauer against United last season. Um, they they hunt in, in twos and threes. They get around the ball, they close off the angles, and then one goes in and makes the tackle. Well, they did. They, they certainly did that to um, to Hazard, as far as I could tell. Mm. They, were just all they, they did it to everyone. They did yeah. it all over the pitch. And um, you know, even if our our lads were being a bit lackadaisical that night. They still, when they were trying to close the ball, nowhere near as effective. And, you know, that that is a problem that has shown itself last season and the season before. You know, when we're not playing well, that's the sort of thing that happens. And it worries me that not that particular result, that particular game, but that the personnel they've got. I mean, I watched Lampard most of the night because... You know, it wasn't worth watching it as a, as a full-on game. And if he if he broke out of a trot, the camera didn't ever catch him doing it. And you know, people are saying Mikel didn't have a great game. Mikel 
Mikel must have thought I'm playing in the double pivot, as it's called. So there's two of us. Mm. He was on his own the whole night. Every time that lot broke up the pitch at speed, and they did it very well, and that's the, that's their game, and, and they're making a success of playing that way, he jogged back down the pitch. Now, fine, he's, a, he's an old pro, maybe it's, you know, you, 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 you time when you, you make your efforts. But at no point the whole night did he ever look like he was trying to get into a defensive position where he could see Atletico Madrid coming towards him. Yeah? Right. So you had you had a, a defensive four, then you had um, Mikel who would, you know, be playing towards the right side of the the defensive formation. And then Lampard would be pushed would push up about four yards in front of him, which is fine. You're, you're trying to push out into the centre of the field and, and cut down the passing angles. But he completely ignored that the two blokes who might be out there trying to pass to each other were sitting behind him. Mm. And so as soon as anyone found a pass past Lampard, which they did quite easily, there was only Mikel left. And then there'd be at least one or two Madrid players who were then able to quite easily pick out Falcao, whoever, or knock it wide, because Ivanovic invariably was never in a fullback position. And it, it was just too easy for them. And, you know, if we're going to play like that, formation-wise, not effort-wise, people like United and Arsenal will pick up on that. You know, teams who can pass the ball. And we will get destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been was slightly my concern looking at this, this early on. Is it's it's more if we're trying to be more more of an expansive passing side and and so mm. forth. Is that um, what Guardiola said when he first took over Barcelona? He said, you know, yeah, we're, we're great with the ball, but we're horrible without it. Mm. And that, to me, well, certainly from what I've seen of us so far, not necessarily in that game, mm. um, is we actually take far too long to get it back. Mm. The only game I've seen, and admittedly I didn't see the first two games, but I listened to on the radio, the only game where it sounded like we aggressively got the ball back was the Newcastle game. Um, now, admittedly, you know, that's only one game and you've got a factor in whether Newcastle performed well. But that, I actually remember sitting there watching the screen, and the ball went up in the air and it was coming down somewhere in, in the centre circle. And we had three or four players right up on the line with that ball you know couple getting round the ball two others by the side of them before any Newcastle player got anywhere near it mm. we don't do that that's I was, <laughs> was going to say that is very much I, the exception I, think back a couple yeah. of seasons, I can't remember seeing us you know even when we're playing well we do not we're not a pressing side no yeah, we do not flood in we do not get on the front foot no. there and, that, that's and you know you had Bertrand, Mikel, and Morelish. Was it because it was those three and there's a bit more mm. oomph going on? I don't know, but I, I can't see, you know, and I'm not having a go at Lampard. I, I just don't think if we want to, if we're going to play against teams who attack quickly and we're going to try and be a bit more open, it ain't going to work. He's probably not the best for it. You know, mm. you know he, he's obviously still got plenty of football left in him, 
but you can't play him there next to Mikel. I can't see it working. Mm. I was going to shout out a few abusive statements to Frank and telling him he was carrying a bit too much weight, blah, blah. But I thought with Christine and Frank Senior sitting just in front, it was inappropriate. Best left alone. She might give you a handbagging. Might yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> sorry, I lost Frank completely there trying to throw a tedious double entendre. Um, it wasn't a completely disastrous week, though. There was sorry. one win for Roman in his court case. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I was amazed by the judges summing up. And and it was a woman judge. And all I can conclude is she was standing on the steps of her new townhouse in Eaton Square <laughs> when when she said that she found Mr. Berezovsky an unimpressive and inherently unreliable witness who regarded truth as a transitory, flexible concept which could be moulded to suit his current purposes. Mm. And about Roman, she said, he is a truthful and, on the whole, reliable witness. I mean, Roman must have left that completely laughing. I mean, the guy was utterly humiliated yeah I do, I, the, the the unreliable witness statement from one of my learned friends is um is, is basically you're a liar old son um without actually going as far as saying it um i am um, i did i did um i did meet um meet a friend the other day who um through legal connections actually knows a barrister who does an awful lot of work for roman which obviously is quite handy given he's reasonably litigious and you know his his cases tend to be fairly long and quite expensive so um yes this um the, the person in question has done quite well out of that as far as i can tell um but moving on before i incriminate anyone and um and so forth um so i you know ultimately we we look back on it the the newcastle performance is you know arguably one of our best of the season with um Mikel and Morelles, um, the, ne- the now departed Real Morelles, in um, this double pivot thing at the base of midfield, which apparently sort of gave rise to pretty much one of our best performances of the season. Mm. Um, and he is now gone. Um, so we, we kind of pu- we pass over the Super Cup and um, and note that it, it, it does it, it's it's fairly evenly matched as far as I can tell from Wikipedia, which is never the most accurate of things. Look, um, I, I just I wanted to say mm. the one comment I've got on it is is that getting your ass kicked like that is not going to do us any harm. I think if that knocks a little bit of um, urgency well, it, into it us, if proves it proves a wake up call, yeah, I, and I, I think I'd rather have a wake up call in a game like that, especially when you know the the players like Ashley Cole and that that are on Twitter. They must see the reaction from the fans. They must, you know, there must be even if it's a rumor feedback mechanism that gets back to them through the website forums or whatever. That people, you know, people paid money to go and watch that. Now, irrespective of whether it was a... Not the cheapest of trips. No. You know, yeah. and, and Monaco, you know, whichever way you cut it, is not a cheap place anyway, you know, full stop. And I, 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 Seven I, pounds a pint. Yeah. And it was only afterwards he found out it was alcohol-free because there was an alcohol ban. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even realise We were enjoying it. We were getting quite drunk at the time. Really double whammy <laughs> days, isn't it, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I went down... The, uh, I got picked up by Chelsea Bob and we went down the pub and it's sort of ruminating over the whole thing. And I said to him, you know, at the end of the day, OK, it's not the most important game but we've often waited until a much more important game to get a wake up call and to get that kind of um, 
you know, kick up the arse, I think is inherent within our club, irrespective of who the coach is, you know, they, we, 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 we have a tendency sometimes to get a bit arrogant and a bit, um, you know, oh, this is just going to go, you know, it's only Sunderland at home or whatever, who remembers that game 3-0 two years ago or whatever, um, and I, I think this it's probably going to do us some good because now they've got two weeks to go away and, and Robbie Di Matteo's got a, a good chance to look at, you know, both the, t- the tactical choices, the, 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 the team choices on the night, uh, some of the attitudes or whatever, and, and put that right. So um, I think there is a, there's a definite, uh, uh, you know, silver lining in that particular cloud. Oh, there you go, that's my it's rant over, to, uh, but, you know. It's good to put a positive spin on things. And um, the only way you can look at it is a wake-up call and a silver lining. The only problem is Spurs supporters have been saying that since winning the double in 1961. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and, and do you know what? Yeah, oh, poor old Spurs fans. <laughs> um, I, must, uh, I must give a, a nod to our old friend uh, Peter Watts because I always come back to this whenever Chelsea... You know, we had that... Uh, New guy Vic, who who wrote a, a nice little piece there on the blog, didn't he about yeah. um, about the chest rub that uh, David we Lewis should got. Um, we, sh- we should we should give a large shout out to uh, Vic Sahoni and his yeah. his, um, his piece was called "Wouldn't It Be Nice?" And yeah. go go read it. It was his debut for the blog, and he did a, a yeah. damn good job. So well, yeah. Vic. except of course that uh, his piece, you know, understandably was was all upside since he's written it. <laughs> Overtaken by events, I think the expression is. Overtaken by events. But anyway, um, what I had in mind as I was reading it, is, of course, um, is, uh, Pete often quotes it, is, is the um, L.B.S. Johnson, uh, you know, the, um, the novelist. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea supporter, who sadly um, killed himself in, 19, in 1973. Uh, Chelsea's play, he wrote this in, in one of his novels, uh, Alberto Angelo, Chelsea's play is intensely aggravating, by turns appallingly bad and supremely skillful. They always play like this. Chelsea supporters are men of special cast of mind and widely cosmopolitan. <laughs> All they have in common is this need to become emotionally involved with a team who can play as well as any and worse than any. <laughs> whoever manages the team, whoever plays in the team, the tradition is the same, is perpetuated. And that, of course, is why Jose had to go, because yes. he was taking us away from that. But yeah, we that's what was... for so long. Yeah, that's I, I don't think I've my ever heard... On Friday night, I don't you know. think I've ever heard a... Tr- you know, that comes right back to the bipolarity of the fans, doesn't it? Which is, Does it do? You know, there indeed. we are. We, we're going to conquer the world for the next ten years. Oh, my God, we're the next leads. You know, and, and that's that's all within two points. You know? <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was des- desperately hunting for, um, you know, a correlation between you know European Cup struck Champions League winners getting to um, getting to Monaco and playing in this game and, and actually doing quite badly and it, it's it's a precedent. It's absolutely equal. Champions League winners um, that have won the Super Cup nineteen, UEFA Cup winners cup and Europa League because obviously they they combined it. Um, teams that have won nineteen, so it's completely evenly matched. Yeah. Ah, a chip on both shoulders then. Quite, Excellent. quite. Um, so I think we will um, we will probably dispense with Monaco from there and um, and kind of hope that the, the two week break will um, will do us good and um, we come back for what we, is likely to be a fairly intense game at QPR. But we'll, we'll kind of touch on that later. Um, 
and, and just hope that the um, the players and indeed the current manager are a little more prepared for it than um, than we were last season when frankly that was when everything started to fall apart and fall apart quite badly um, we'll have a quick look at um, what happened with the squad because obviously the game itself took place on um, transfer transfer window deadline day um, and during the build-up to the game and, and thereafter, there was there was actually a, a fair few movements in terms of Chelsea. Uh, Michael Essien went to Real Madrid. Yossi Benayou went back to West Ham. Gael Kakuta went to Vitesse Arnhem, as far as I can recall. Yes. Um, yeah, and a, a few days later, obviously, with the, the quirks of the window and uh, how long it stays open for in different countries, Real Morales was sold to Fenerbahce in Turkey. Um, it left us, as I referenced at the beginning, Florent Malouda, who was widely expected to go, but as far could as still, I can could tell. still go, John. Um, yeah, but there's still you know, there's still time, isn't there? But I think his his wage demands are the um, mm. are what appear to have been the stumbling block thus far. Um, but where it leaves us in terms of the squad, I mean, I've seen an awful lot of discussion on blogs, forums, etc., etc. Um, again, you know, we, we touch on the, the bipolarity of, of Chelsea fans in the sense that Ram Morales in in the season he spent with us took nothing but fairly staunch abuse and, and a, a, quite a, a large amount of it um, but now he's leaving it's left us a bit thin and we're really going to miss him um, Essien's gone Benny Yoon who possibly one of the most baffling purchases we've ever made and Morelos as well um, have all disappeared um, central midfield wise I guess we're left with Mikel Lampard Ramirez and then you kind of start interchanging with forwards and so forth. Um, is this quite too thin, Tony? Your thoughts? I, I find it hard to see how it can be considered too thin when we've bought Oscar um, Hazard, you know, and and uh, this has probably been our is it our second highest spending close season since Roman initially splashed out. I think it possibly is. Um, mm. I think. It, it, it also lines up, you know, there's no doubt that Hazard and, and Morelles, and if you look at young Josh McEachran, should he ever get another look in again or whatever, um, players like that are ultimately better on the ball. You know, they, they seem to have this... this yeah. And it, it seems to be part of the desire filtering down from the very top, um, you know, either via a process of sort of like some sort of weird telepathy or whatever, or, you know, straightforward diktat to who, whoever the coach is that, um, you know, as good as it was to win the Champions League and FA Cup last season, um, you know, we hadn't really moved away from the Mourinho... Um, fortress mentality in terms of how we played certain teams and so I think you know people are going to have to take a a few punches on the chin in terms of you know defeats this season or whatever whilst these players gel and I think we saw it you know we move on from Monaco but there were one or two players they were a bit overwhelmed by by things and and we didn't know whether to stick or twist you know and um, Mm. um, I'm still encouraged about the future you know I don't think we've lost uh, a player in Essien Let's, let's face it, um, he's been a shadow of the player that we originally had. He's had, what, two or three cruciate ligament injuries now? Um, yes, three, I think. And, and that, we, you know, and I don't care how robust you are physically, mentally, that must play a part with every single tackle. So I don't think 
there's any particular loss there. I think I mean, I'm very, I was very surprised he came back last season. Um, I, I thought he, you know, I thought that would be it. He'd chuck his hand in and say, "That's it. I'm, you know, either retiring or, or moving off to do more general but, pursuits or whatever." I agree, but I, you, you say that, but I mean, you know, this is this is a, a point really worth touching upon. Is that you know, it's not like he's been shuffled off to a, a lower league somewhere to sort of see out his time. He's gone to Real Madrid, so, you know, what did Mourinho, obviously Mourinho, seen him an awful lot more than Robbie has in, in his prime. Um, you know, who's right, Mourinho or Robbie? There's well, the question. I, I, and only time yeah, to tell, I suppose. I, I, I guess, but Mourinho, uh, you know, changed the Essien um, style of play, didn't he? I mean, you know, when he was at Lyon, wasn't he? He was a fairly rampaging, free-scoring, uh, attacking midfielder. Um, and you know, as soon as he came into us, he was almost like vying with Makaleli for the, the the place at the back, you know, to to break up the game. And he's moved, since sort of gradually moved into that role anyway. Um, uh, and, and let's face it, we played we've played the best part of what two three seasons without him now, without him for the majority of the season. Mm. Um, and we've not really suffered in terms of you know ill effects like that as, as much as you'd like to say you miss him or whatever. Um, I think with Morelles, Morelles was uh, marmite, wasn't he? He was the archetypal marmite player. You know, you, you either loved him or hated him. When he smashed that second goal in against Benfica, and uh, when I think he opened the scoring in one of the earlier Champions League group games, um, you know, he was a kind of adored. Um, but then there were other times when, you know, it was almost embarrassing, you know, as, as yet another corner flag suffered from a Morella's shot, which um, <laughs> I, I, the only other person I've seen be able to match the capability of hitting the corner flag from a shot was Michael Etienne. So, you know, perhaps that's, unless we're going to change the rules of football where that counts for something, then perhaps we haven't lost too much in losing either of them, personally. It's worth considering. Um, yeah. I mean, Etienne, actually, it's, it is a bit of, just to, pick up on it and, and it is a point worth making that it's a bit of a misconception that he was some sort of huge goal scoring monster beforehand he wasn't really he scored a few more than he did with us but I think his maximum was, I think he, he, he hit 10 goals one season and that was about it um, but beyond that not really much but I mean yeah you look at his you know the number of performances he made for us oh yeah uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's a, you know, I, it just wasn't a surprise to me, and you know, I've, I've no, no, I, yeah, I, I, I I'm just basically challenging whether or not it's that much of a great loss. I think I, I'm more surprised at Morella's going after the contributions he made last season, and and you know, he seems to link up fairly well with with Morella's or whatever. Um, uh, sorry, with Mikel, um, than I am with us keeping Maluda. Uh, you know, when we we've, we've not managed to get rid of him, and yet there he is. He's just been you know, it's been announced today that he's not. Part, you know, of the Champions League squad, um, the implication, you know, uh, is that that means you're not part of the squad, really. Kind of says everything, really. Yeah. Who's in the Premier League squad? Piazon's in, isn't he? But uh, Maluda isn't. Yeah. Which is interesting because actually Maluda was the only one who didn't travel to Monaco. Was he? Uh, Well, the two others were left behind, but they had injuries. Mm. And. Robbie said that Maluda was left behind for technical reasons, whatever those are. Uh, oh. But it is a bit humiliating if you're the only one sat back in the classroom. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I t- it's it's interesting. So Pearson's in our Champions League squad. Yeah, that's interesting. I because I went I went to the under twenty ones game on um, at the Bridge on Saturday against Wolves. Um, and I mean, you know, one five nil and. and, and Outplayed them pretty much from start to finish. You know, it was you know, long periods of possession and, and pretty much dominated the game. Um, 
but the guy I went with and I sat there at the end of it and said frankly if anyone thinks any of those are peers on plane he was the most experienced one by by some distance if anyone thinks any of them are ready for you know full on Premier League stroke Champions League combat then they've got another thing coming because they, they just don't look re- none of them looked anywhere close and Pearson had some nice touches his temperament for me was a little bit suspect in the sense that there was a bit too much kind of shrugging shoulders and hands on hips and you know why wasn't that pass delivered where I wanted it that yep. was just my impression obviously other folk may have, may have read it entirely differently but he didn't look anywhere near the finished article um Mark, your view on the, the the squad in general, where you think we may, I mean, up front's the obvious one, but where you think we may be lacking, just your thoughts on our, our deadline day and thereabouts in and outs. Yes, it was a bit frustrating on deadline day, because I have to admit, I do like watching Sky Sports up until the window closes, but I was stuck at Monaco watching our dire performance, so I missed out <laughs> on that bit. Uh, but I agree with Tony, really. Um, in that I'm not really surprised at any of the ones we've got rid of and they're all either coming to their end or never really got started like Ben Ayoun, for example mm. and therefore I'm not desperately upset that uh, to see any of the ones go that have gone and we have made some fantastic additions yeah. um, Hazard you know, is fantastic Oscar hopefully will be equally as fantastic the, the German winger whose name escapes me Marco Marin um, we've yet to see so we can't make a judgement mm. um, you know but I think the squad you know we've sort of equaled what's gone out with um, bringing in superstars we may or may not be a bit thin up front I mean Torres um, one week you think he's answered all the questions and he's back to doing what he does best and then the following week, you think you're back to square one with him. So yeah. I think he's going to be frustrating throughout the season. Uh, but at least we have a forward compared to Liverpool and Tottenham who don't have a forward between them. <laughs> yeah, no, this is very true. Um, just touching on um, Benayoun and Morelles, there's, there's sort of any number of theories floating around about why we bought them both. Neither, you know, Benny you know, God only knows what the rationale behind buying him was. But um, and Morelles, you know, he stayed a season. We've made pretty much all of our money back. He did okay. You know, played his part in um, in our run to the Champions League. So all credit to him. But, you know, the suggestion is, you know, were they bought to try and feed Torres in the way that he was used to being fed? Anyone's guess? I mean, you know, Donald, what's, uh, what do you think? I don't have a guess, really. I, uh, I kinda, I, it occurs to me that um, we'd had this, this sort of Carlo um, injury crisis that season before, and, you know, he was left with a, a squad that was very, very light, mm. very lightweight, because I think, as we've said before, he had mature players and he had very young players and he had none of the sort of 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds that perhaps we're now in the process of buying in. Uh, so I think, certainly with Morelis, I think it was a chance to buy a player who AVB was familiar with who could fulfil a role in midfield. Uh, I think he's one of those players that does a job and, and you know, He's neither one thing nor the other to most fans, and and yeah. you know that's it. But 
my concern would be if if we were to you know and given given the influence that uh, Vic's upbeat um, piece has had on the team if we were to now go on a terrible um, run of injuries uh, you know I don't know it's that it's that um, ball winning defensive midfield area that would would worry me I mean I like the look of Romeo or Romeo or Romo or whatever you like to call him Mm. Oriol but it was plainly obvious last season that he didn't fancy him because he Mm. he he played quite a few games didn't he and then sort of disappeared out of the the picture Mm. which was which was a worry because he he actually I think he had one game which you would describe as so-so yeah, mm. by, by no means bad. Um, Otherwise, he was reasonably smart. As far he as was, I well, he had he was good with the ball. He was confident. And, and, but for, for and, his and, age, for a yeah. player of that age, is, is bound to have a few good games yeah. and then a couple of stinkers. Yeah. You know, you have to accept that that's the way it goes. Um, are they going to stop this nonsense of trying to make Ramirez a winger and, and put him into a more central role? You know, if a few of those players go down. It's the it's the balance of the team rather than the personnel yeah. themselves. Certainly, in terms of attacking midfield talent, we, we seem to have you know brought in some very good looking players, but they they all seem to have been either you know youngsters with a bit of pace who can play in the hole or play out wide. You know, we don't. I'm not, I'm not sure about Oscar. I don't. My, just, my impression when I saw Brazil there during the uh, Olympics was that he, he plays in a fairly advanced role. Would that be correct? Yeah, I, do. I would. I'm displaying in a massive ignorance. No, no, no. I mean, that's, I, I saw him play one game and, you know, one game only, and that certainly seemed to be the case. Mm. Um, but, you know, hey, it's, it, it wouldn't be the first time a midfielder has, has arrived at Chelsea and had his, yeah. um, you know, at a reasonably young age and had his, um, had his role completely completely redefined but I mean I think it speaks volumes. Mm. you google Romeo's name and you know there's any number of headlines from little over a you know, you know is, is, Bert, is Bertrand going to, to, to be used in the midfield a bit more mm. I, I yeah. don't know I, I, obviously any club if you get four or five key players injured that's a big problem for any club yeah. um, but, but just looking at in some of the areas I'd say we're you know we're, we're shaky but mm. you know that, that's a rebuilding process you can't buy in a whole team in a season and yeah. I think maybe that's what the Morales and Ben Ayun thing was about last year is they they had to get hold of some bit of a stopgap players you know to, to, to fill holes and, and to be alternatives you know obviously Ben Ayun didn't work out because he spent most of the season injured but Morales you know he was bought as a squad player he played as a squad player mm. and I thought you know, and was also minuses. Yeah. yeah, but he was. I think he was. He was also the, the the kind of buy after we knew that Modric wasn't going to happen. So yeah, but he was never a replacement for Modric, was he? No, no. I think yeah, more more more. I more think to, to criticize that would be would be wrong. I mean, I watched him there during the summer, and obviously in a particular defined role for Portugal, I thought he was. You yeah. know, that whole he's, Portuguese he's, midfield was was I thought was was one of the best units that was in that uh, in that tournament, but. That's just me. Mm. Well, the um, just I mean, just a quick, quick look at Romeo. Yeah, you you have sort of Google and and kind of look back, and um, it's not more than a year ago where it was kind of you know one of our most promising players, and Barcelona were making statements saying, yes, don't forget he is ours, of course, you know, um, and then 
kind of disappeared off the radar a little bit. Yeah. And, um, we'll see, you know, again, you know, the kid's only, what, 19, 20 years of age. Mm. Who knows, you know, he may um, he may come back. But um, Yeah, but it would be wrong to expect him then to carry a season if, if say, Mikel and Lampard were, you know. No, of course. Of course. You know, this is, uh, so I'm, I'm not, I, I think, I think the balance of the team, uh, there's obviously been a lot of discussion around are we going to change the shape of the team going forward now and so on and so forth and looking at it you'd have to say well you pretty much would be because you can't see how it's going to work otherwise but right. so I, I noticed towards the end of that game on, on Friday night um, I don't know if it was just him having a, 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 a bad hair day but having been everywhere else Luis started to push into midfield and seemed to play alongside Mikel for the last 10 or 15 minutes of that game. Now, whether that was a planned thing or whether they'd just all given up and were running around like headless chickens, <laughs> well, it's diffi- um, difficult to tell on the telly. It's one, of, it's one of those things that's often been debated. I'm, I'm personally completely against the idea that you know he could play in midfield if necessary, but mm. I d- just, no, I d- I'm, I'm personally against, but you know that's, that's a debate for another day. Um, I mean, other moves in terms of the transfer window that, that sort of caught our eye for whatever reason. Um, Scott Sinclair disappeared off to Man City and, um, you know, opinion seems to be divided whether he is um, a money-grabbing, bench-bound little tosser or, you know, he has the right sort of ambition and um, and wants to play for that kind of club. Um, anyone's guess, I can't say I ever, you know, a decent player I think would have done reasonably well for us if he'd been given a little bit more of a chance um, but I can't really see him getting off the bench at Man City an awful lot one of the theories was that uh, his, his girlfriend wasn't happy in, in West Wales fair enough yeah, I, th- we, I, I think it, maybe it's some sort of chickens coming home to roost for for us in terms of players that we've deemed not good enough not given the chance to you know, I think there's a big difference between uh, we, we seem to have a, a, a production line of talent that is not good enough for us, but we, you know, send off to other people, um, and, and you know, maybe we've, we're now seeing some of that uh, maybe misguided policy um, coming home to roost with Barini going to Liverpool. Um, yeah, you know, whatever you think of Liverpool, you know. Brendan Rodgers obviously fancied him. He had him at Swansea. He looked bloody. Was it Roma he played for last season? Mm. Um, and he looked really good there. I saw him in a few games on on the CRA, and he looked absolutely fabulous. Um, and with Scott Sinclair, uh, you know, I mean, we're a fickle bunch. You'd, you'd, you'd walk out the ground after Sinclair had, had a bit part twenty minute game or whatever, and people going, "Wow, he's the future." He looked. I remember people said this about Carlton Cole, uh, and we never really persevered with them. And, and we, so we still seem to have this. You know, we'll throw some cash at this big name player to bring them in. Um, and, and, you know, and that's where I go back to this thing where we've got Oscar and players like that coming through but I think with, with Scott Sinclair I don't think it's money grabbing I think you know any young man who's been playing for Swansea or uh, you know with all due respect to Swansea one of the smaller fish in the Premier League sea uh, who gets the opportunity to go and fight for their place at Manchester City um, is, is, is yeah, not go- no. they're not going to turn it down I wouldn't turn it down I'd be sitting there saying Christ yeah what the Champions League yeah absolutely and I think this is what I find slightly, you know, with people dismissing Sturridge or whatever, and they'll go, oh, he's arrogant, he's cocky. Good. 
good. I want a cocky, arrogant player in there. I want somebody. I don't want a humble uh, player in there. I want somebody who's greedy, who's absolutely ambitious, and who will crawl across a field of broken glass to score a goal for Chelsea. You know, and uh, and I think that's possibly a little bit that's missing. We're expecting some sort of Corinthian attitude from some of these younger players, which doesn't exist in any sport. I don't care cricket, anything. You know, they're there for the money. And the money will call them and they will play for that ambition or whatever, that glory. Um, and I think Scott Sinclair's done a bloody good thing. I hope he doesn't succeed because it means that, you know, Manchester City will be, mm. um, you know, uh, will add to their, their, their power and their success on the back of something that we've probably done a lot of investment in. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opening move, but a good one for him, a very good one for him. And, and possibly recognition um, of what a smart little outfit Swansea were last season. Uh, and you know his contribution into yeah. it, you know. So, well, it's um just just to sort of kind of round the um round it off. The, the players we currently have on loan, um, Sem Benayoun, Van Arnholt, Delatch is the goalkeeper, Kakuta, Jeffrey Brumer, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, Courtois, obviously who we saw not having much to do on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the bloke in the deck chair, Ulysses <laughs> Devere, um, who I think is a Mexican who doesn't appear to have made a huge amount of impact wherever he's gone. Connor Clifford, um, Chaloba, who's gone to Watford with um, with Franco, um, Josh McEachran, Thomas Callis, and Sam Walker. So we, you know we've got. A fair amount of players. Um, as our own loan, I think we got in the squad. But, well, they're yeah. all. I mean, apart from Essien and Ben Ayun, they're all between seventeen and twenty-one. Or oh, Van Arnold's twenty-two. So they're, they're, you got Hutchinson as well, haven't you? I think he's he's yes, I yeah, he went to Forest, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Actually, yeah, the fact that Courtois is on loan and was allowed to play against us does sort of sum up our attitude to the game. If we'd really cared about it, we wouldn't have let him play, would we? Um, I think they, they actually, as far as I could tell, they did it as, it, or the suggestion was they did it as a bit of a gesture to say to him, look, you know, you carry on, you play against us. Um, you would we guess won't, we, won't, we won't shoot at you all night. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say, we won't, we won't dirty your gloves or anything silly like that. We won't that. damage your confidence in the same way that Decanio has done it to his goalkeeper. No, I was going to say, that was all um, all quite lively, wasn't it? But, um, I'm sorry, I missed that. What happened? Um, I think the, the Swindon, um, they went two down very, very quickly and Di Canio hauled the goalkeeper off and there were, there were there was a lot of verbals and the, the goalkeeper lost his rag and kicked bottles and all that kind of thing. Well, basically, he gave a press conference to Canio where he said the goalie was a disgrace and mm. he, the goalie has to make a public apology to the squad. Is he? That he was rubbish on the game before, letting in three goals, but fortunately we'd managed to score four and therefore we dug him out of a hole. <laughs> but on this night, we weren't able to do that and we lost. And if he wants to play for this club again, he better publicly apologise. Hello, 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 there was a great game where it finished five four or something, and he said, hockey. "That's not football; it's it's hockey, as in ice hockey." It was um, now, it was a, a North London derby. It was it was Arsenal Spurs. Yeah, was it cool? Yeah. And uh, we're now seeing things like um, was it the Reading game where the goalkeeper came up at the last minute and mm-hmm. they conceded a sort of a, almost an empty net goal like you do in ice hockey, and they're now pulling the goalie after a couple, you know, as they do in ice hockey. If the goalie lets in two or three early doors. 
off he yeah. comes and another another one goes on so you know strange way of approaching it but there you go <laughs> uh, Jose saw it coming and don't forget Thorgan Hazard has gone out on loan he's, yeah that was to say he's another one so yeah, we, you know it, it, it reinforces barely the off the train and they put him back on it and said <laughs> off you go son oh he's just got here um, so yeah it reinforces the point that there's an awful lot of um, an awful lot of talent out there on loan you know, frankly, if if two or three of those come back and make any kind of you know regular appearances for us, then I'll be amazed. Well, it'll be surprising, <laughs> but I think there's one or two there that that probably will. But you know, it remains to be seen. Um, well, actually, I think the loan system is the only way we're going to achieve it because the reality yeah. is we have to keep hitting the ground every season, running at full speed. That there is no time if you want to be a top club to cultivate yeah. players in the first team. And, and therefore, the only way to get these players up to speed is by loaning them out to a middle-ranking Premier League club, a good championship side or a foreign side. Mm. And if they develop into something, we'll have them back. If they don't, we'll just keep loaning them out to Vitesse Arnhem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, uh, again, the, the, this un- new under-21 uh, competition is, is seeking to address that in some way as well, isn't it? Doing away yeah. with sort of reserve football, which... It's, um, it wasn't going anywhere, and now they're they're trying to, you know, put a bit of heat under this competition to try and create a. Yeah, it's worth um, it's worth going to have a look because I thoroughly enjoyed um, the game at the Bridge on Saturday against Wolves. You know, it was mm. entertaining. It was you know it was a reasonably it was a half decent crowd. You know, half of the East Lower was was full. You know, all quite decent. Um, and you know, you you get to see players that, well, frankly, you. Otherwise, you're not going to see at Chelsea either ever, or you know, for at least three or four years, um, the way cur- way things are currently going. Um, so, we move on to the Champions League draw, where we ended up in Group E, I think it was, with Juventus, Shakhtar Donetsk, and FC Nordsjelland um, of Denmark. So we got three league champions of their respective leagues. Um, we start two weeks tomorrow uh, against Juventus at the bridge. Um, Tony, uh, we, we could go down the you never get any easy games at this level nonsense and all that kind of thing. Reasonably decent draw for you? or Well, yes. I think there was, a, as, as Donald said earlier on, this is the, the group of serious illness rather than death. <laughs> um, but I don't think Juventus or Shakhtar or and I'm not even going to try this one because I've, <laughs> that one's going to be a nightmare if as Pilaqueta plays isn't it you know uh, with, with, for a commentator it's, um, it's alphabet spaghetti isn't it absolutely um, I, I personally I don't think any of them would have relished the fact that they're in our group no um, Juventus are you know they, they're, I know they are Italian champions but there's more of a history you know going back with them than, than in recent years you know they've not exactly um lit the world up in, in, in recent times. Mm. Shakhtar, um, the, the Ukraine football bubble was burst a little bit when they played. Did they play Manchester United a couple of seasons ago and basically got torn apart by them, didn't they? I think, you know, it was, they were they were going to be the team that, that, that everyone thought might be the surprise package and, and whatever. And then England kind of fairly easily dismissed um, Ukraine out in the Ukraine. Um, mm. And uh, so I'm, I'm not quite sure. The, U- Ukraine seems to be the new Serbia or whatever in terms of football. You know, they, they, they sound fearsome. Or the new Turkey, you know, with Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. And I think any good team might well put them to bed. Um, 
you know, so I, th- I, I think a couple of draws against maybe, uh, you know, a, a win against Juventus at the bridge and a draw away, I think the rest of them will be fairly straightforward. Mm. I, 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 I don't think we'll have, you know, I, I go back to this thing where I think we, you know, our, our best bet of a trophy is the Premiership and I think the Champions League could be you know, semi-final, quarter-final, you know, back, back to our normal um, kind of progress in that. Um, but there are other groups out there that are far hard. I mean, Manchester City have absolutely drawn the, the, you know, the shortest possible straws that, 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 were, that were available. And we go well, back their, to their the, coefficient is still shite, isn't it? Because they've not actually been in the competition. Abs- absolutely, but you know... Time. Arsenal and Manchester United, both who you know failed to get beyond the group stages last season. Or was it? Oh, no, Arsenal didn't, did they? They, they actually did. But um, you know, for them to get what look on paper comparatively easy. But uh, again, I go back to the Manchester United's group looked comparatively easy last year, didn't it? They got stuffed, uh, yeah. and they they actually managed to sort of you know do that. And so I'm quite happy with that. I think. Whereas this season, you can drop the comparatively. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. Yeah, I think I think there's a hit yeah, there. it's just yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think I was probably lashing on too much of the diplomacy there, really, to, to not upset any of our fellow Red fans who might be tuning in to listen to this quality podcast. But um, I, I, I'm fairly, I'm fairly confident that we have a, a decent enough group. And do we really want an easy group? Do we really want to be lulled into that full sense of security? Turn up, it's a friendly attitude. The same. Well, no, as but we, we, Madrid, you know. we, we don't, we don't want to be busting a gut this early in the season either. Frankly, um, Mark. I mean, Sorry, carry on. So, Mark, are you um, are you, are you planning on making any uh, any trips to these um, these far flung and wonderful places? Well, that is the basis on which I judge the Champions League draw in terms of travel opportunities. Mm. And um, Juventus, I don't think I go to because my understanding is that the away fans sit in a tier below the home fans, and it's a metal grill type of stand, so there's holes on the stand and the home fans urinate on the away fans during the game Excellent. is that even in the new stadium because um, it's, it's not the it's old Stadio dell'Alpi anymore they've, they've moved to a new stadium ok I will um, look up on the website later the uh, construction of the new stand and make sure there are no holes <laughs> make sure there were or, or slots you know, you, know the, you know the bloke who obviously supplies all the criminals that you ever see in Hollywood films you know they sort of someone says I think we've got to get into that building across the road and the next scene you see them with a full set of drawings you know and they that's can what find out that's <laughs> what you just need to get hold of him I don't know who he is but he always can provide you with a full set of drawings of any building in the world Al- just Al- like that Al Pacino usually knows him I'll look yes um, but normally I'm quite um, open to taking the piss but on this occasion I'd like to pass on it um, <laughs> Shakhtar Donetsk is just too... You could always shroud yourself in some form of covering, though, couldn't you? As you're in... Well, uh, uh, yes, I could. Good idea. Religious jokes never go. Yes, it's good. Um, so I went, we went to Shakhtar Donetsk. It's, it's almost as far as Moscow. I don't fancy yeah, doing that. Yeah, that's a bit of a trek, isn't it? Uh, but my wife and I have always fancied Copenhagen. Oh, there you go. So that is a possibility. There you go. Well, yeah, as we um, we mentioned in the um, in the possibly not even on air actually so I don't know what I'm talking about um, but I think FC Nords Yellen I think their, their ground capacity is only 10,000 some of it's still standing so they actually, I think they're scheduled to play their games at um, FC Copenhagen's ground which we obviously know well it'll be good because it's, it's 20 miles outside Copenhagen mm. if they could move it to a stadium more convenient to the hotel which I'll be booking that even would be less- perfect yeah excellent um, so yeah we kick off our defence in um in two weeks' time, um, I'd, I would, 
personally think we, we are a reasonably comfortable bet to get through that group. Um, that's obviously tempting fate horrendously. Um, ticket pricing for the home games seems quite reasonable. I can't remember what it was last season, but um, they all, as far as I'm aware, they're all 35 quid. I think uh, they were 45 last year. Yeah, so it will be good. Hopefully it will actually help fill the ground up and um, get a bit of atmosphere in there, which will probably help us. Um, so yeah, Europe's... Um, you have to win your home games. That's the key, isn't it? And, you do. Uh, you do. Um, you know, they, we have to get off to a good start against Juventus. I always think, you know, playing playing away, particularly in the Ukraine, you know, temperature-wise, I'm not sure about that part of the Ukraine, but, you know, if you a November, December sort of game over there is never that great. I, I'm, I'm not sure when we're playing them, but... Um, could be I, I think it's you know it's a it could be a difficult group. Um, this um, I, I assume the, the, the coefficient that you refer to is, is something like the, the coefficient of thermal expansion. So it, it dictates how hot the ball, your ball, is when it goes into the thing. And obviously, Man City's is absolutely bastard red hot. There's you know because they they know exactly which one it is because it's so hot. Yeah. Ours has improved because we did go through a, a phase when we were when we were getting into the Champions League and starting to do so on a regular basis. We had that horrendous phase under Claudio where we got the shite beaten out of us in the um, in the UEFA Cup by any number of you know Hapoel Tel Aviv and Viking Stavanger and God knows who, mm. um, which stuffed our UEFA coefficient up an absolute treat. And I think that's. It's not where City are at the moment because they, they don't have the European record. But yeah, I think they're basically they've got to build their way up and um, take it from there. But that's um, that's a tough old group without question. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at some of the other groups and um, none of them are. I think United's one is just yeah probably. I mean, Arsenal, Schalke, flattered to deceive, Olympiacos, Montpellier. They've started the season in a disastrous fashion. Mm. So it's it's like they shouldn't have any problem there. And Braga, Galatasaray, and FC Cluj. I mean, for, you know, God's yeah. sake. I mean, that, that's there's going to be tougher groups in the Europa League than that. No, sure. I mean, Galatasaray is no easy trip. Um, yeah, you say that, but it's been a while since you know since they've been a particular force but it, it, you know it's, it's, it's a journey and it, you know it's fairly much guaranteed that there will be several thousand mad Turkish blokes outside the hotel throwing uh, they, they must have had the, the United ball must have been kept for at least 48 hours at something way below <laughs> ultimate freezing must not it because yeah, there was no way they could confuse that in Man City's ball which was red hot you know it was like two di- the sun and Mars or something cold sports <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous anyway I've ranted one, enough carry on no no one, one, th- one thing we, we do know um, is that um, of, of pot A of which we were part of um, every single team in there apart from Arsenal has actually won the competition mm. Which I thought was was frankly a bit rough. What are they doing in there? I presume they're in there because they're so financially. Well, yeah, I don't as, as Gooners never forget to keep telling us every other day of the week. Mm. You know, having spent years berating us, saying the game isn't about money. But mm. there you go. Um, I'll bowl them up. You knock them over the stand. Why not? Why not? Um, 
shall we have a, a brief suggestion as to um, the winner of this year's competition? Uh, Mark, go. Which competition? Uh, Champions League. <laughs> I think. Well, it's going to be us, isn't it? No, no team has successfully defended it, have they? No. No. We are a team of firsts. Hmm. Duly noted. Tony? Um, I actually um, have a hankering, I think, for Real Madrid, I think, this year. Yep, I, just think, I think Jose's got the, 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 the triple winner the triple winner view of things. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for them. Yeah, no, I, I would probably agree, you know, in the absence of having seen them all in action just yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Donnell? Um, with my absolutely appalling knowledge of football generally, I, you, you have to sort of be thinking it's Real Madrid, Barcelona sort of, you know, it's, Bayern, it's, it's Bayern it's if, if they're not mentally being <laughs> reduced <laughs> to rubble. Um, I don't know, who, who could surprise? Could a Dortmund... Dortmund. They are they are by no means a bad side. Um, whether they they have enough to uh, to challenge on this level, I, I personally thought, and, and early on, I suggested that Juventus may actually be mm. a bit of a surprise package for sort of the last eight stroke last four. But they, you know, a they've got to play us, and b they've signed Nicholas Bentner, which ah oh, they're not yes, taking so. it seriously, then, are they? It's exactly you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's sort of a bit of a. Um, I'll remind you of this conversation, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bentner hat trick when he, has when condemned he's, us to the Europa League. For exactly, yeah. When he's, when he's when he's wheeling away, celebrating his third at the bridge. Yeah. Um, all right, so yes, Champions League. It's back again um, for all of, of of the faults that you know we do generally tend to quite enjoy it. Vast. The only thing you could say about it is, is there they, on paper there seem to be quite a few groups that that, that could be quite interesting. You know, if you're. Yeah. If the, you the have got people's television like I have, you could watch quite a few of these games, mm. and there'd be something in it. Um, but uh, yeah, well, it's difficult to, to look, past, look past the usual suspects. Indeed. Well, it starts again in well, around two weeks today, I think. So um, we shall keep an eye and uh, report back. And can I just mention um, the world's greatest footballer, Messi? Uh, uh, I didn't actually hear it, but I believe he he made specific reference to Chelsea being lucky to win the the uh, <laughs> Champions League. Uh, you know, I, I've got nothing against Messi, blah blah blah. Particularly classless, I think. You know, in 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 a situation where you're receiving some award to then start to start you, bitching, yeah. You know, I just think that that lacks any sort of uh, you know, class is a word that's bandied around a lot, not not by me, um, but I thought that was. You know, quite poor, really. Well, it, it's, it's uh, next time you're rubbing shoulders with him, uh, Mark. Could you mention it? Just you know, dig your elbow into the little sod. Well, it, yes. it comes. It comes back to. Um, it's not very Corinthian, is it? Again, no. Well, it comes. It's, it comes, it's, it's Oscar Pistorius. Oscar Pistorius sort of uh, attitude towards things, isn't it? Oh, I lost. Oh, there must be something wrong with the other person then. Yeah, but he did, to be honest, making that argument, he didn't have a leg to stand on. Oh! <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Moving on. <clears throat> um, so, yes, well, Mr. Messi, you know, he um, he has to prove himself, obviously. Um, 
we look at the rest of um, the football before. I suspect we're probably going to have a, have a week off next week because it's international week and there's frankly fuck all going on. So um, we will touch briefly on the internationals coming up. Um, all I had a chance to look at was um, was England and the squad. Terry's obviously been selected, which um, is interesting. Roy Hodgson, as, as Tony mentioned when we were having a chat beforehand, is, um, is clearly trying to... Um, well, he obviously has nothing to lose and maybe trying to force the hand of the FA in terms of the decision they make about the Ferdinand case. Um, Ashley Cole has to wait for his 100th cap, which I think he would have achieved um, in the second game next week against um, Ukraine had he played both of them. Um, but he's got to wait because he's injured. Um, but Ryan Bertrand, Gary Cahill, Frank and uh, Daniel Sturridge are all in the squad, um, which is quite a good showing on, um, on Chelsea's part. Um, it's England. Hey, who cares? Um, and I suspect we've probably got any number of people out on international duty, but I just haven't been asked to have a look. Um, <laughs> thereafter, on um, the 15th, I think it is, um, the game that frankly changed our season for the worse, and you know the, the ramifications are still rattling on. Um, to this day, uh, we have QPR away at Loftus Road. Um, it would appear that there's going to be no verdict on the, the FA's case against Terry um, from that game just less than a year ago. Um, that sort of seems like a bit of a failure on the FA's part to me. You would have thought they... I don't know what schedules allowed and what Terry's people were were doing in terms of trying to delay or bring the case forward or whatever. Who knows? It's, it's all got so political and... Um, messed around with um, but you would have thought it would have been good to try and get that out of the way um, once the Euros once the Euros were over there cannot have been any reason to delay it and, it, and if Chelsea have been delaying it for any reason then that seems to me equally mad you want to get whatever's going to happen get it out, out get it done know where you stand yeah now obviously they're not going to do anything in the run up to QPR because whichever way they go it just heightens the tension they'll they'll just hope you know that that the, the game passes by without too much further incident, and uh, and it'll probably be after that that they make an announcement. But um, well, given um, actually, the question is, I suppose, given that QPR seem to um, to try and call the market in in securing mid-table respectability by spending a vast amount of money on lots of players you vaguely heard of, um, whether. Anton Ferdinand will actually play because they seem to buy a, a big heap of defenders um, mm. might it all be frankly an utter irrelevance um, but who knows we should you'll, see. You, you'll know up. you'll know which way the game's going when the team is announced and if you've got the characters like Sean Derry and so on in there you know we're in for another afternoon of getting kicked it'll be colourful and, yes yeah if, it, if he puts out the team with a lot of his newer players players who weren't there last year you know, football players, then there's half a chance that everyone's just going to try and get through it and, mm. you know, move on. No, indeed. Uh, Mark, are you, are you venturing over to the cheaper bit of West London? No. No? Um, out of oh. principle, in that last year they were charging 55 quid. A reduction to 50 quid for obstructive views, which is most of QPR. I was just saying that about waste sound. There isn't actually anything that isn't. No, it's a terrible view from that place. I'm, I'm not going to give them 55 quid of my money. Well, so I shall be watching it in the pub. 
No, good idea. Um, actually, just briefly on the subject of of away ticket prices, we we briefly looked at going up to um, the Emirates. Was it sixty five quid? Well, that's they are, they are um, a very financially well run team. Well, bloody right. It sounds very much like it. Um, yeah, you, I, I think you meet a lot. You meet a lot of quite a few when you talk to anyone Arsenal ish these days there's quite a few people who are talking about it's just getting you know it's getting too expensive for everyone generally and we've had that sort of conversation before mm. but you know people who uh, I knew one guy who was a debenture he bought his debenture and then once the t- once the thing ran out on that he gave it up he said it was just far too expensive and it's just got yeah I mean I know I shouldn't but I do have a degree of sympathy for Arsenal fans in that like us they probably have to pay for their season ticket in May and then during um, the summer, we go and buy players for 30 million, 25 million, 20 million. Arsenal, they just sell the players. I mean, you've, you've committed a thousand quid to the following season, and every summer they sell, they sell their best player. I mean, mm. no other business would get away with that, selling the, the, the basic asset to which you're subscribing. Yeah, no, it's very true. I, I suspect that um, any number of people may be um, a little dischuffed with um, Torres being sold. Actually, no, people might be quite happy with Torres being sold, you know, anyone's guess, but um, it's, a, it's a valid point. Um, gents, just to check, are we all still there? I'm we still are. here. Oh, we are. I'm not sure where the Donal is. Donal, uh, where are you, old son? Have you disappeared? I, so I would suggest that he's either accidentally fallen on the mute button... Um, oh, he's actually disappeared, or yes. Just disappeared. Yeah, we're, we're, yes, oh dear. In which case, what I think we should do, that probably rounds us up for the evening, and we will um, we will drop him a note and, um, and wish him all the best. But I think, um, unless either of you have anything more to add, we will um, bid farewell and... Oh, re- and He's uh, gone! <laughs> he's disappeared. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we could always spend five minutes talking about Donal. I mean, there's, things I, there's things I've wanted to say each week that I've never <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to be quite honest, whether you'll listen to the end of the podcast is another another matter. So, um, um. but um, unless either of you have anything to add, I suggest we um, we okay. call it a night and um, reconvene in a couple of weeks' time when normal football is back, and we'll um, we will bring you news of uh, the QPR game and um, all the fallout from International Week and look forward to our game against Juventus. Um, in the meantime, if you have any comments on how appallingly bad, amusing or otherwise we are, www.chelseafcblog.com. Leave a comment. Um, we're all over Twitter. Um, you'll find us. Google Chelsea blog, me, Tony, whatever. You'll find us. Um, have a good couple of weeks, gents, and uh, we will speak to you soon. Good night. Right. Good night. Thank you. Good night.